0: source for texas longhorn news sports and opinions with a bit of snark built in we are a podcast of burn orange nation and you can find more great texas longhorn content over at burnorangenation.com if you like what we do please leave us a rating or a review on apple Podcasts. it helps get the show out there share this with your friends wherever you found it whether it was apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher TuneIn, spotify anywhere where you can find fine podcast content you can find kyle and myself feel free to connect with us on social media at Longhorn Pod. Use an email, longhornrepublicpod at gmail.com. My name is Gerald Goodridge. I'm your host this week, like I am every week, and I'm joined by a man who's had very mild experiences in Airbnb with his brother,
1: Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you? I got something for all you listeners, and it's going to be a joke, not about any former Longhorn who now plays for my NFL team. So, um, no, man, uh, I'm, 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 I'm good uh I I will wait for Godzillatron to tell you about the latest episode of My Name Is Earl.
0: Oh man, that's a good show. Do you, were you a My Name Is Earl fan, Kyle, like before?
1: You know, I I there's no reason that I shouldn't be. I love Jason Lee. Um I I have heard it I've heard it's a great show and I remember watching a little bit of it. It's like right before I really got into like bingeing or watching TV and it's just old enough I've never really gone back. Wasn't it like I want to say like late 2000s before 2010 kind of yeah yeah
0: i think that's when it started for sure but like i i was a watcher early on Mm. because i i too love jason lee Mm. uh but apparently it ended without him completing the the list or like having any resolution on that so uh i guess i'm kind of glad i didn't get in deep into that show but Hmm. there's our uh, obligatory 90 seconds of talk about unrelated things to start your podcast off uh we've got some recruiting news for you we got some news from the big 12 that football actually might be happening this fall so we'll talk a little bit about football for 2020 uh before we down the 40 and we bang the drum, but we'll start with recruiting. Texas got another commit. The 2021 class continuing to build some steam. Three star outside linebacker Maurice Blackwell from Arlington Martin committed to Texas 6'1, one, 196. Uh, this guy is a highly, highly productive linebacker. Was named the district MVP and defensive player of the year. As a junior, 128 tackles, 13 tackles for loss, two sacks, three passes broken up, four forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, two went for a score, and two interceptions. There's a lot to be said about Maurice Blackwell. Kyle, what do we like about this player?
1: Well, I mean, again, it's not a comparison trap, but it is is nice to look at someone's offers and see. Uh, Texas's logo above Alabama, Notre Dame, Arkansas. Well, not so much Arkansas, Georgia. Um, he had some good offers. He's clearly uh, a really, really talented kid. He's the type of um, the type of player who I think, like y- you know, Texas always just goes and gets the glitzy, you know, five star, and, and especially that linebacker position. Over the years, they haven't always um, panned out. At least in the college level, some have then found their way in the NFL level, but he feels like that guy who's just gonna be really productive, a really productive Big Twelve career. Seems like a guy who's got the, you know, he's got the right vision. He just knows how to make plays. Um, comes downhill at people. I mean, I I I just think it's a great pickup. Um and I think, you know, we every single prognosticator and observer of Longhorn sports or casual fan knows. I mean, it's not something you you can't notice, is that there have been depth issues at the linebacker position for years. Um and, and so coach Coach Hutzler basically had the uh had the job of not only coaching up what he's got there, but getting new kids on campus. And I think, you know, the the week he's had with uh we'll talk about some additional, but with starting right with Blackwell, just, you know, that that's it's it's trending in the right direction. I think it's sending the right message.
0: Yeah, and and Blackwell is a, I, I call them like a modern football linebacker, right? Your traditional, like, no neck, thick, like, just <laughs> run downhill middle linebacker is not a thing in football. Mm-hmm. It's unless you're, unless, I, I can't think of a school or a conference that would ma- that would need that type of linebacker. Those guys get, eat their way down to tackle now at this point is what they do, right? Yeah. So, like, he is a guy who lo- he likes to cover. Like, he, he, he's a willing cover, and he is just, like, violent. Like, violence is the only way I can describe Like, he comes downhill at guys and loves to strip the ball. Um, and you mentioned Coach Hustler. Like, he has a good thing going because Derek Harris is a really, really good player from a really uh, renowned in-state player. Now Blackwell joins it. Uh, Clayton Smith uh, just included Texas, four-star linebacker from Texas high school, uh, included Texas in his top four and Hustler uh, is the guy as well. This linebacker group could be uh, really good. Now Giles is the primary on that one, but but Hustler is, um, is the guy. Terrence Cooks is another guy that's in the fold. That's another big time player. Um, There's just a lot of talent that... That Hutzler will have to play with in this defense, and the the fact that they're not star chasing like everybody in the world's going after Clayton Smith, right? But not everybody in the world is going after Maurice Blackwell. But you know who are the people that actually watch film and dig in, not the star chasers. And so like somebody was lamenting, is Texas ever going to sign a four star again? And I'm like, I don't care if they sign a four star. Can the dude play ball?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, let's let's get some big names. Let's get the five star. Let's get the Bijan Robinsons. Let's get the marquee players who we know can be program changers. Um, but let's fill the program in with guys who are hungry, talented, maybe underrated. Maybe, you know, there's one thing off from looking like the perfect high school player. But those are the guys who've come into DKR and kicked our butt up and down the field sometimes in, in Big 12 and otherwise uh, the past couple years. So I'm excited to see, um, you know, get, getting the best and, in, 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 you know, getting a, a quality in-state kid, um, Arlington and the DFW. I always love that. So, uh, no, I mean, I, I would i would love if this class after all the belly aching is just is just rich in linebackers Just the cup runneth over with linebacker uh, commits because you know we've obviously moved players to fill that position um the the changing of the offense and moving uh probably our best linebacker even though you know again he was a, a jack of all trades Now, namely play jack osai um you know it's just like let's let's figure out some stability and, and and before we panic, let's look at what Ash and Hutzler, uh want to do with that position and 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 if they're getting the right guys. Let's uh let's cheer him on. I don't care if it's a 2-star or a 5-star if he's a dude who makes uh, 111 tackles and 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 starts for for 2 to 3 years, man, he can he can uh, be my favorite favorite player.
0: And I feel like the last couple of cycles, Tom Herbert has felt like he's just seeing the criticism and be like, all right, fine. You want me to go in-state? I'm going to get 13 of the 50 uh, top 50 players in the state of Texas. If we did it last year, right? This year it's like, oh, you want me to get linebackers? I'll get you linebackers. I'm going to get you linebackers you've never heard of, but they're incredible football players, so deal with it, right? So, like, that. Like he, he doesn't do that. He just gets talent, and I think he prioritizes in-state guys. But that's what it feels like. Uh, but speaking of finding in-state talent, another quick hitter guy we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast, a three-star running back out of Hallsville, Jonathan Brooks, is set to announce on Friday. Now, right around the time that he uh, he tweeted that, Stan Drayton tweeted a hook him. So uh, I'm I'm not the one for reading the tea leaves and over analyzing emoji usage on Twitter. Uh, but but all signs point to the first offer he got, uh, the University of Texas, being where he ends up.
1: I have no problem with that. Um, again, let's keep getting keep getting talented dudes uh, on campus, and and uh, you know if we keep we keep these uh, these you know in the in the dark days of of uh, not a ton of news, we keep getting these recruits. We might just have to keep getting Roach or one of our recruiting guys on, which is never a problem. Dude, I love talking to you, but it's always nice to have some guests on to talk about it. So let's uh, let's keep getting these dudes. and We'll keep bringing you the content.
0: Absolutely. So quickly, we do have to talk about this thing that happened today on Twitter. It's super weird. Uh, While we're talking about running backs, former Texas target Zach Evans, uh, after being unable to enroll at Georgia, uh, is currently taking summer school classes at TCU, uh, giving TCU its highest-rated player of all time, according to the 24-7 Composite their first five-star player that they've ever signed. So Zach Evans finds a place, stays in the Lone Star State, but doesn't end up at AM. That's like a that this is a a double-edged sword if I've ever seen one.
1: Yeah, I mean, hey, let's 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 say I never wish that a kid just doesn't work out or anything, you know. If if he does. Uh, get all of his ducks in a row, and is able to make this work out. It'll be huge for that program. It'll be, um, probably a test of will for Gary Patterson because they seem to have uh slightly different personality types, um, in their decision-making processes. And um, you know, I'll just tell him, Gary Patterson, don't uh, don't sweat the small stuff. You know, we'll be uh, be curious to see how that relationship ultimately um gels together but it is a dangerous thing for big 12 recruiting for um you know the windfall of guys wanting to play with you know the the way people wanted to come play at texas with Bijan. um no other you know school in in texas or really in the south um could say that they had a comparable running back and and now you know tcu has one a and one b uh in the the best high school running backs in the country last year with the university of texas
0: my biggest worry is that guys are going to want to play with Zach Evans. They're going to want to play with talent. Now, Zach Evans isn't that type of guy where he's like if, – if he had the personality of like a Malik Jefferson, mm. I'd be worried. Yeah. But um, Zach has never been that guy, at least from what I've seen. Um, and I, I'm like – the the TCU offense is broken a little bit in, in some ways. I think they're um, – what they're I, I just it's weird to me what they're doing now again fucking um, dug and Duggan put up Heisman level numbers against Texas last year <laughs> but if you watch most of their other games from last season the TCU offense is not a running back away from being good but that being said Zach Evans is a is a program changing type of talent he's a guy that is a hey I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna shock the world kind of guy and so I think um, if he gets hopefully hopefully Fort Worth is far enough away from Dallas and hopefully Gary Patterson and Jerry Kill can kind of get around them and kind of shut out some of the other voices I think that are in uh, talking in his ear giving him bad advice um, hopefully he can he can do some growing up because I, I want nothing I, I don't want anything bad for the kid I want him to have a really successful college career and go achieve his dreams um, and hopefully he has 11 good games a season.
1: Yeah no no I I absolutely agree with that. I I was um I loved LaDainian Tomlinson cuz you know I, I- at that point, didn't really have the hate for TCU, and he just was, you know, the small town kid who lit it up, and then uh, won me multiple fantasy football championships. But I would be very happy uh, if Zach Evans um, lights up other people, but just you know somehow never plays Texas uh, or, or never gets the chance. He can he can go be whatever he wants, but uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't want to have to face ever have to face a Ladainian Thomason uh, at any point in in my my rooting interest.
0: We'll see how Zach turns out. We're hoping for so whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to com. It's magical. So the Big 12 is, at least as it stands right now, planning to play football in the fall, which is music to our ears, even though the NCAA is saying otherwise. Um so we've got to start talking football because Kyle I know time is meaningless right now but we're rapidly approaching that time of the year where we start previewing next season and so Let's go ahead and do it. So what we're going to do quickly right now is we're going to talk, pick one player from each side of the ball that needs to have a big year for Texas to be successful. So who's one player that is a key player on offense, one player that's a key player on defense, not named Sam Ellinger because that's like the easy one, right? Everybody knows if Sam – the offense is going to go the way of Sam Ellinger. We know that. So, who are the other guys? So, Kyle, let's start on offense. Who's your one guy that needs to be a key player in twenty twenty? That's not named Sam Ellinger.
1: Well, and and, and when you originally pitched this, you uh, you 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 swayed me with your words when you said you know the breakout player. So I was looking for someone who was not necessarily like the contributor last year. And I know we are, obviously we're replacing our top two receivers. You know, we bring back a lot of the line, but um, was, and we know what Keon J. Ingram is. We honestly know what Roshan can be. Um, I think what I was looking just through the depth chart and what I'm hoping for and expecting next year, even with um, Jake Smith, what we saw in the beginning, the, the the biggest X factor on the guys who are probably slotted in um, at the, the, the beginning of, um, or who probably will start the beginning of the season. Um, I, I think to me, my eyes go to Josh Moore. Um, and you know, I I just, he he has all the intangibles. If you remember that catch he had, uh, that touchdown catch he had over the shoulder against USC and DKR. Um, I mean, that probably was what his second game of his career. Um, he just, he, he flashed it. He showed it. He had the speed. He caught a bullet, full arms extended. You know, he's got the size, um, to be pretty good to play, you know, multiple positions, um, he played six games that year before uh, he had the injury. Um, had you know, not a ton. Like he had, he had seven catches, uh, but he did have that touchdown against USC that that kind of you know just sparked it. But I mean, don't forget the kid was an All American. At uh, it, it, it Yokum was just it, he everyone who's who's seen him play and seen him progress because he never stopped working out with the team has been impressed and said this guy's ready to just step in and fill the shoes and ready to step in and be a big player and ready to step in and really um, make Sam Ellinger not you know miss having his two safety blankets of Duvernay and in uh, Johnson and so I, I just I, I get a really good feeling especially because I'm ready for a redemption story for the kid um, who had kind of you know obviously between an injury and then some off the field stuff um, a, a little bit of a rough Uh, go of it at the start but you know he's got all the tools he's got all the intangibles and it seems like he's been working his butt off to prove um, you know keeping his low profile and working hard enough that he stayed in the coach's good graces that he's got something to prove that he really is you know uh, one could be the you know the next great uh, receiver at Texas or one of uh, of course in next year's potentially very dynamic offense but I, I mean so when I read Breakout. Josh Moore is a guy who I think has a potential for the average fan who maybe doesn't remember his recruiting. It's fallen off a little bit and just watched last year and didn't see him. Maybe watched the year before and, you know, only saw that one USC touchdown catch and just looked at a box score. Doesn't see a lot there. Maybe doesn't know, but we'll know by the end of the season. He feels to me like the guy most likely uh, to change into a pretty close to household name that isn't right now.
0: And that I think that's fair, and, and really, they're, they're at any of these wide receiver positions. Uh, these guys need to have a, a bit of a breakout year. Um, I everybody knows Brendan Eagles; he's a guy that, uh, but he needs to have he and whoever ends up at H need to have a big year. Um, I was looking at some stats and like. Twenty uh or like twenty plus of the 55 third and fourth down uh completions from Sam Allinger last year went to went to Devin Duvernay so like he loves that inside receiver but we all know Jake Smith the Arnold Jordan Whittington Brendan Eagles uh has the most uh nerve wracking yes yes no no yes plays in the world but a guy that I really want to see and could be key to this offense next year is Cade Brewer. I think Cade Brewer is a guy who that tight end position needs to be a weapon. That tight end position needs to be the the fifth receiver. Needs to be a, a Swiss Army knife. Needs to be a guy who can block. A guy who can tackle a guy not tackle. A guy who can block, a guy who can catch, a guy who can fake like he's blocking and catch. A guy like a guy who can sell um sell a draw. A guy like you've gotta be a Swiss Army knife and Especially what what you what, what Mike Yurcich is going to do with this offense, I really think Cade Brewer has a chance. He's never really been the playmaking tight end. I, I, but I think if you're cycling guys off, you know when Malcolm Epps or Wiley or Lybrock comes in, oh, they're passing with the tight end. So he's he's got to be a guy who. I think could and needs to have a breakout year for the offense to really, really function. He has, and now we know Sam Ellinger has overthrown some touchdown passes to tight ends. He's got a pension for doing that. Uh, it's really not a Texas season until a, t- a touchdown pass has been overthrown to the tight end. But I really think Cade Brewer could be a guy that turns out to be a safety blanket for a, t- for a quarterback who's going to have to break in a lot, a lot, a lot of new receivers.
1: Man. And I, I like that pick. I, there's the, the, we talked a lot, and we joked ov- obviously about you know the podcast that that you know, I think invented, or at least noticed the curse of, of Jermichael Finley. Oh, so many years ago, we were the ones to, uh, officially declare it over, but like, I would really, really like it to be over. Like I would like to be, uh, you know, a tight end, uh, heavy, let's, let's be the, the David Thomas, uh, school of, of yesteryear. Let's, let's have some elite and incredibly lovable tight ends. I love that. Um, actually I love it because, you know, like you listed off Epps, Wiley, Leibrock. I mean, there's a lot of guns at tight end. So if Cade Brewer is locking that spot down, that means that he really has stepped his game up and he has a chance to be that that real Swiss Army knife and, and big threat. So I like it. I like an offense that you just described to me where, you know, you have you have Jake Smith and you have Jordan Whittington. And obviously we talked about Eagles and I just mentioned more. Um, and, and these just big, Home run game changing receivers. Um, I like that Cade Brewer stays on that field. That means he's got a lot, he's done a lot uh, to impress the coaches and, and he's, he's making strides out there. So, I, I, that world that you just painted for me makes me very excited.
0: And I think that's a world that the Texas offense could be successful in, right? You're successful when you're multiple on offense. And I think a tight end that can be multiple, it you be more multiple on offense. So flipping the script to the defensive side, Kyle, who's the breakout guy or who's the key guy on defense? The one guy that you think needs to have a breakout year for Texas,
1: man, I went back and forth a, a couple times on defense. I had a much tougher time picking my defender um, because, you know, in my mind, I'm treating Caden Stearns right now as the Sam Ellinger of the of the defense. I'm not ex- calling him my breakout, um, just because he's he's a bit of a known entity. He's still young. Let's remember that he's still got room to grow. He can level up, um, but he's the guy who came in like Sam right from the beginning. Um, kind of took the reins and and, and impressed us uh, from very early on. He obviously needs to stay healthy, but so I kind of thought again along those same lines of a breakout guy, a guy uh, who you know is gonna take that step from being you know maybe a you know the the, the boards love him the guys who follow recruiting love him um, the guys who really watch the game love him but if you're just a box score reader maybe you don't know him as well and by the end of the year you will and again this is probably cheating for that but I just wanted to talk about him I think Keandre Coburn is a breakout guy because I think Keandre Coburn um, simply is one of the most productive space eaters in the conference if not in the country. Um, he is again, an enormous recruit. We've talked a lot about him on this podcast because he came out talking his mess to OU from the time he was, you know, just a mere 300 pounds or whatever. But, uh, you know, I think a nine-year-old, but, uh, you know, he, uh, he has the potential in, as the nose tackle in this, in this, you know, um, kind of, hybrid four-man front with a defensive and a nose tackle um, defensive tackle in that jack position to really benefit a lot from that in that he doesn't have to purely be a space eater who takes on three guys or two guys in a running back keeping an eye on him. you know maybe he gets some one-on-one matchups and that could be really bad for for you know big 12 offenses if you're uh, Oklahoma State and you're trying to to run chuba Hubbard up the middle I promise you chuba Hubbards very fast but he doesn't want giant Keandre Coburn falling on top of him you know I I promise you that that pretty pretty Brock Purdy uh, up there does not want Keandre Coburn breaking through and getting you know 750 pounds of momentum downhill uh, at him. You know, I just think Snacks has a chance to really solidify things and. and I've said on the podcast kind of briefly, but I've always said I should expand the theory out a little bit. I think you could almost make the case that Texas, as much as anything, you has been defensive tackle you over the years, nose guard you specifically, absolutely, just a litany of some of the you know some of the greats throughout the years, um, you know. And so I, I really think that Keandre Coburn can be as good uh, or better because he has the ideal size. He's just smart. Um, he can do it all. And again, now you give him an extra body. That an offensive line has to keep an eye on and not on him. I think he has a chance to unlock some things on the defense. And also, once you get Keandre Coburn moving and all of a sudden you're, you're chipping and doubling, your whole defense opens up. Like, I think and that's what we, even last year, again, in a three man front with him being the point of the spear and really, you know, pushing. I I think you saw Malcolm Roach able to do some crazy things with his penetration again in three man fronts, which I thought was Roach's best trait. Um, But again, that's because Coburn's over there taking two and a half uh, blockers on any play. So again, you now add one body to that equation. I'm very, very excited to see what he can do.
0: I love snacks, both the actual eating of food and (laughs) snacks Coburn. Um, But I'm going to disagree with you a little bit there based on an interaction I had on Twitter with a very smart man, a man we love, Donald Hawkins. Donald Hawkins, because I was talking about my breakout player, and he said, if I'm a competent offensive line coach, I continue to double-team Keandre Coburn. If I'm a smart offensive line coach, I'm going to continue to double team Keandre Coburn, which means that Taquan Graham is going to be one on one with a guard on the outside shoulder.
1: I like it. I like so
0: Taquan Graham, I think, is the guy who's going to be the biggest recipient of the new scheme because, by the virtue of numbers game, if two people are blocking Keandre Coburn then that means that taekwon Graham is one-on-one with the guard, and I would put taekwon Graham one-on-one with most guards in the country. Like, that guy is going to be a breakout star this year. I think uh, Taekwon Graham is going to really put his name uh, out there. And and Joseph Osai is going to have a great year, but Joseph Osai, everybody knows Joseph Osai. Everybody knows Moro Jomo. Those guys, we know those guys. But I think TQ is a guy that's been a little under the radar. Pro Football Focus um, named their top three, I think, returning pass rushers in the Big 12, and he was number two, if I recall correctly. I'm not mm-hmm. looking at the tweet now. But like, Taequann Graham is a guy who could have a massive, massive year uh, and make himself a little bit of money in the process. Like he could prove that he is a inside pass rusher. Um, and I mean, the NFL is turning into a league that the guys you draft are guys that impact the pass game on offense and defense. And he can prove that um, thanks to the sacrifice. Keandre Coburn might die a little bit. So take Graham can live.
1: <laughs> uh, I love the way you put that. I think, um, I think your, your stat, the pro football focus was that um, I think they had him as the number two two, uh, returning rusher from, from last season. So, um, you know, uh, after Wyatt Hubert, who actually gave Texas trouble at Kansas state, but, um, yeah, I, I think that's a really great pick. I I actually had trouble again. I I went through that defensive line. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I think you wouldn't call Joseph Osai overrated, you would not call him under hyped at this point because I think the hype train has gotten fully behind him. And I think rightfully so, first of all, You're adequately um,
0: it, whelmed by Joseph Osai.
1: Yes, we are. We are whelmed in a way that is very appropriate. I like that. Um, but, but yeah, you know, I, I, that defensive line, it could be anyone. It could be a you know, maybe, maybe Graham is the name that people, you know, have seen. And they, 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 you know, chip on him and they, they keep a double on Coburn and they, they they're watching Osai and all of a sudden oh yeah Moro Jomo who's a defensive tackle with defensive end speed just you know comes in and and, and messes people up. So I love it, man. I love that we have options on that defensive line uh, defensive line side of the ball and, and or portion of our defense and, and you know we're not just talking about oh but we have really good defensive backs. We have like twelve of them. You know, we actually have other position groups that we can we can rave about uh, on this Texas defense.
0: Yeah, and and finally, right? Like, and Texas has got a lot of options, and I think more more so than ever before, and not ever before, but in the last three seasons, because the alignment shifted. And I was never a blame the three down lineman guy. Never like a hey three because there are there are teams that get pressure with three down linemen. It's it's just a thing. Um, but the fact that not only has the talent leveled up. But the talents leveled up, and they're going to be put in a system that I think is going to maximize their ability is really why we're going to see a step up because the the four down the four down lineman is just going to make it easier. I say four down lineman, three and a half down lineman, right? Three three in that jackback. Um, like, that's going to give them an opportunity to excel, and that's going to give them an opportunity to flash. And so I think th- those, th- I I feel confident with either of those guys. And again, what I, th- I think is going to happen is honestly, I think the weeks that Graham doesn't show up, Coburn shows up. But the week that Coburn doesn't show up, Graham shows up, because one of them is going to put a bunch of stuff on tape. And they're like, oh, we got to double Coburn. Then they're going to leave Graham one on one. Oh, Graham, ha- Graham had four tackles for loss last week. Oh, we got to double him. And then. Keandre picks up a center and sets him on top of the quarterback like that's what's going to happen <laughs> so uh we'll see and again this is still we don't we don't know if football is actually going to happen but if it does those are the guys we want to see
1: yeah and and I mean hey look we we just put the the onus right there on some new guys coach bolware we talked about your tight ends. uh coach Hagan we just talked about your interior defensive lineman um we know coach Giles as well in the mix but Hey, Hagen and Bullware, go prove it. Go prove that you were the guys, the missing pieces for Texas all along. And that, you know, that, that offensive turnover, which there was, or excuse me, the coaching staff turnover, which there was quite a lot um, on both staffs. Uh, go prove, like, look, we're the guys. We're, we're both known as good recruiters, but look, we're going to coach the heck out of these kids. And we're going to show some development right here, right off the bat from game, you know, three, game two in this uh, college football season. So I, I, I love it. We just put some pressure on some guys and uh, go earn that money.
0: Do it. Go make some money. But that brings us to the part of the show where we give some shine to the other stuff that didn't make the main segment of the show, uh, because we're going to talk about some more football, and we down the 40 real, real quick. Texas officially announced today that uh, Tariq Black and Jade Barron are on the team. They got new logos, which was nice, Uh, and we can... Not really going to spend much time talking about them today. You can actually go back and listen to last week's episode where we had uh, Mike Roach from 24-7 Sports come on and break them down. But the new logos, again, with the, with the uh, name, image, and likeness stuff coming out, got to make sure those logos are hot.
1: So smart. I just love it. I love uh, – it makes me wish I you know, could go back and be an elite recruit and get recruited by the University of Texas just so I could get the logo. That's really the only thing uh, I would want. But, no, it's so cool. So very cool.
0: A lot, lot of ifs there, Kyle. A lot of imps (laughs) there. So the other news that we got is Kat Osterman stepping away from Texas State softball. Made the announcement today. Um, Looks like she's going to be focusing on some more personal stuff and then as well as uh, potentially trying to get back into the Olympic. Uh, She was slated to be on the Olympic team this year uh, if the Olympics do happen. So going to be focusing on personal things as well as her Olympic career.
1: Well, I mean, look. We talked about her on our Mount Rushmore, how much we absolutely adored the four-time All-American, two-time Olympic medalist. Um, but, I mean, she basically showed up in San Marcos uh, uh, in 2015, I think, after a couple seasons at St. Edward's. Look, all right, we get it, Kat. You're keeping a close eye. You're circling the city. You know, you're uh, you're down in San Marcos. You're over at St. Ed's. Like, I don't know how many more close before Mama called, and you come home and join coach white staff that should have you know was on track to win a national championship this year and you just uh you just slot in and, and give us all that knowledge while you know we'll let you go go play the olympics that's fine we're good well look how good we are already we you would just be uh the cherry on top uh of one of the best teams uh top to bottom roster wise on campus just saying
0: yeah. enjoy get Can you imagine her? the conversations about pitching that her and Miranda Elish would happen? Silly. That that would be just absolutely ridiculous, but that's part of the show where we honor one of the best traditions in all of college athletics Big Bertha, and we bang the drum, brought to you by Joe Ruiz. Kyle, what are you banging the drum on this week?
1: Gerald, you know who a guy we don't spend enough time praising on this podcast is? Mark, em- I almost got it out without laughing. Um, I was really trying. NCAA president uh, Mark Emmert, um, he, a clock, a, a broken clock is right twice a day. I've heard people say. the um, blind squirrels. In and, and yeah, they 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 will find uh, a, a nut. Um, again, we're, we're not making any Earl Thomas jokes, but the uh, what I was what I was. Um, thinking with him is, you know, he, he, he got it right, and I don't know if he meant to, um, but he, he, he talked about college athletes and the student-athlete part of it, and said, you know, college athletes are college students. You can't have college sports if you don't have college open, you know, and, and, and having students on those campuses. So when I think about him, and I think about him tripping and falling into, you know, face first into a plate of enchiladas, you know, that I think that's only a South Texas expression or it may not be one at all, but he got it right. Um, there is a student athlete portion of this and both of those words matter. You and I have waxed, uh, lengthily poetic. We've referenced already on this podcast that both the commissioner of the SEC and uh, Bowlesby, uh, Big 12 commissioner, have, have, have said that, you know, they want to they are doing things you know to prep to get ready for uh for 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 school uh, you know for sports to happen um you know i i've heard sources uh, say that basically you know Athletic programs are are you know multiple programs around the country are basically you know just having their entire uh, their entire playbook laid out just waiting to be able to drop it um, but no one wants to be the first one um, so everyone is ready for this but I mean good for good for Mark Emmert saying. No, you don't just get to be athletes, right? There's the NFL, there's the NBA, there's the MLB. Those are professional athletes. This is, this is a, an institution that, while shoddy and laughable and often on the wrong side of history, um, is still trying to protect in some way the sanctity of that duality, student and athlete. So I hope and I pray that everyone listening to this under the sound of my voice is staying inside continually. I know they've lifted in the great state of Texas, but just, just, just as much as you can, just, just, just ride it out, guys. Let's, let's make sure we're all doing our part to make sure that students can be on campus and student-athletes can be inside those beautiful 100,000-person cathedrals and we can see the wonderful, beautiful, perfect sport of college football in the fall
0: college athletics without students in the stands is a mockery period. End of sentence. The The reason why I love college sports is the experience in the stands and the cheering. And so um, if we're in a situation where like, will I love to watch it? Yeah, but it's, it Though Something will be missing. It'll feel, it'll feel hollow in, in some ways. And so um, again, I don't. I, I honestly am not a fan of either Bob Bolsby nor Mark Emmert. So, like they, I, I wish honestly, I wish there was a situation where they both could be wrong. But um, <laughs> it, it is what it is, man. So continue to do what you can to help us have a college football season next year. I'm banging the drum this week on something that harkens back to uh our our month of what? April? What was that? Time has no meaning right now, but I felt I think it was <laughs> April. Uh where we where we talked to to some esports uh competitors at the University of Texas. I think it was actually probably March because again time has no meaning, but we we did a series, and then on on Twitch. If you don't know what Twitch is, it's where uh, people predominantly and primarily will stream um, esports content. Brian Arakpo and Jamal Charles have been uh, having a good old time playing some Call of Duty and playing some 2K and having some conversations, um, all as an effort to promote Brian Arakpo, the entrepreneur himself, his latest business venue, which is. Five-star eSports arena, which is going to be, and I want to get, again, the description right, I want, to, I want to make sure, is the eSports facility, the first eSports facility in Austin, Texas. And it's owned and operated by former NFL players Brian Arakpo, Jamal Charles, and Brian Henson. So, like, those three guys going in. Uh, Brian Arakpo's entrepreneurial spirit is uh, pretty impressive. First, it was cupcakes. Now, it's an eSports facility. Like, I, I think it's, one, cool that he's diversifying, right? Don't put too much of your income in one revenue stream. But, two, like... It's just cool to see him embracing other things, and guys like Jamal Charles and Brian Henson being on board. It's just cool to see these guys doing something new and kind of getting, uh, getting in with it. I wonder how much uh, Kenny Vaccaro will have to say about what they're trying to do as well.
1: <laughs> he might be the uh, the, the five star recruit they're trying to get uh, into this, but no, you know it, the the thing is 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 Brian Arakpo is making mogul moves because if you if you open a franchise of of sweets of of cupcakes. What's the thing that you do? You go and you, you get, you know, uh, young men and women who are or focused and don't have time to be running around doing things and need the energy boost, who are a captive audience, and you put only Gigi's Cupcakes as the concession stands inside this giant arena, and you just print money twice. The, man, the man's a genius. If he brings uh, Colt McCoy and his Dunkin' Donut franchises into it, uh, then I will know that Texas football truly is the Illuminati. He is the dentist that owns a
0: candy shop. That's it. <laughs>
1: you just got jammed.
0: That's all we've got for you <laughs> this week. Kyle, where can good folks find you on the internet?
1: Oh, you can find me on uh, twitter.com at Kyle Carbon. You can also follow the Texas Pregamer at Texas Pregamer.
0: You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at GH Follow the show on Twitter at LonghornPod. Shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. We'll see you on Thursday. And until then,
1: hook'em. Bijan's better than Zach Evans. Hook'em.